Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on today's episode, another at-home episode of Lakers Carpool. The Lakers lost their game on Wednesday to the Bucks. They have a game tonight against the Boston Celtics. All that, plus a little more. Let's jump into it. All right, well, the Lakers lost to the Bucks, like I mentioned, on Wednesday night, 109-102. to It was a pretty close game for the most part. The Lakers did have uh, a decently sized uh, deficit at certain points in the game. I think they're down by like 12 or so points at a few points in the game, and they they fought back, uh, made it a decently close game at the end, which was good, but couldn't get it done 109-102. to Really behind a big second quarter from the Bucks, putting up 34 points, outscoring the Lakers 34-21 to in the second quarter. Really hurt the Lakers in the long run. Um, There's 15 different lead changes in the game, so that shows you it was a closer game. Um, but even with that, uh, Milwaukee led for the majority of the game um the the bucks they outscored the lakers in the paint 50 to 44 so the lakers being a bigger team weren't able to get it done in the paint mostly thanks to Giannis Antetokounmpo for the bucks who put up 47 points he had nine rebounds to go along with that and he made 18 of his 23 shots uh in the game going uh, shooting 78% from the field. He went three for four from the three-point line, shooting 75% from three, and he just absolutely killed the Lakers. Um, that being said, though, it was still a close game, 109 to 102, so they were in it. They were in it even behind that big game from Giannis. The Lakers were in it, but they just couldn't get it done in the long run. Taylor Horton Tucker led for the Lakers with 25 points, 12 rebounds. Russell Westbrook had 19 points, four rebounds. And Anthony Davis had a lackluster game, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. So, tough game for the Lakers. Just tough to get, tough to lose. Um, the Bucks, they like I said before in my last episode, the Bucks they've been struggling a little bit going into the going into Wednesday night's game. I think they were six and eight on the season, so definitely struggling. The Lakers uh, going into the game were eight and seven. They're now eight and eight, right at 500, which is you know pretty frustrating as a Lakers fan coming into this season, hoping that the Lakers would be a championship contender. So the Lakers came out in this game and they were firing on all cylinders. They were playing really well. They got up to a 10 point lead at one point, I think 20 to 10, 22 to 12 in the first quarter, the Bucks made a run and ended that quarter 30 Lakers up 32 to 30 overall though. Good to see the Lakers coming out of the gates hot second quarter is where things kind of went downhill Lakers stopped hitting shots. They Bucks kept hitting shots. Uh, Giannis was going off, and the Lakers couldn't keep up. 
And then, surprisingly, the Lakers actually came in in the second half and had a huge third quarter, outscoring the Bucks thirty to twenty-one. So they almost flip flops the second and third quarter. Bucks uh, scored thirty-four points, and the Lakers had twenty-one in the second quarter. Lakers had thirty points. Bucks had twenty-one in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, the Lakers they brought the game within one, with like four or so minutes left in the game, and there was a tough foul. I think it was Taylor Horton Tucker on Chris Middleton three-pointer where you know I I'm kind of confused at this point now on which calls like what the call should be uh when it when a shooter leans into a defender like I understand the defender can't be in like the jumping space the shooting space of the of the shooter but I know they were trying they've this season they're getting rid of the the leaning this situation where like a, a shooter can create the contact and draw a foul that way this one was close you know Taylor Horton Tucker he did kind of overcommit in his closeout of the three-pointer, but he made it very clear that he was trying to not foul him. You know, he put his hands up and leaned back and tried to stay out of the space. Chris Middleton definitely leaned into him a little bit. You could see there was a lean in there. Taylor Horton Tucker was close, though, being in the jumping space. So it's, it's it was a close call. <clears throat> I'm a little surprised they called it, considering how the referees have been trying to limit the leaning the fouls you know where shooters are leaning into drawing the drawing the uh drawing the foul i'm a little surprised that they called it because it did look like that to me i get i'm biased as a lakers fan but i do understand like in watching it taylor horton tucker did overcommit on the closeout and get a little close to chris middleton so it is what it is but it did hurt the lakers in the law in the long run giving chris middleton three free throws after the Lakers had brought the game close, uh, I think the Lakers had, at that point had brought the game back within four, and then that foul made it a seven-point game late in the game and just kind of ruined the Lakers' chances for coming back. I mean, the Lakers did have a few chances where they could hit shots, and they couldn't. They just kind of went cold in the long run of the game. So overall, as a team, the Lakers they had started off shooting well and then ended up. 27.9% from the three-point line. They shot 43 three-pointers. I was pretty just astounded by that situation. They shot 41% from the field. So they had started off the game hot in the first quarter. It seemed like they were going to have a game where they were shooting well, and then it turned out that they just went cold late in the game. And and that's with them, you know, it was, still was a close game. They only lost by seven. They did get have a few a few uh the Milwaukee did get a few big leads in the game but the Lakers were able to make some some spurts and some comebacks so tough situation with the shooting for the Lakers you know to be completely honest I don't understand why they're shooting 43 three-pointers when they're only they made 12 of 43 three-pointers like at a certain point I understand that you're open you have an open shot or whatever but when you're when you're missing that many threes, like why don't we start uh, attacking the basket a little more? And so that that was what was nice about Taylor Horton Tucker in Wednesday's game is he is just so good at attacking the basket. And I felt like whenever Taylor Horton Tucker attacked the basket, he was the Lakers were were making a run, or the, it was like the start of the Lakers making a run. The Lakers were in the game with the Bucks. They weren't when the Lakers had their bigger deficits. It was when we were jacking up threes that and just missing them. So 
this Lakers team is proving so far to not be a three-point shooting team again, and that's with having adding guys that are in theory good three-point shooters, such as Wayne Ellington, um, Ken Bazemore, Malik Monk is a decent three-point shooter typically, but Malik Monk went, went one for seven on Wednesday. Wayne Ellington went one for seven on Wednesday. Um, Carmelo Anthony went two for eight from three. Russell Westbrook went two for five. Like, it's just not, it's not good. It, it, the crazy thing is, is, you know, Wayne Ellington hits two of those threes, goes three for seven. Carmelo hits, you know, goes three for eight. The Lakers win the game. You know, it was just poor shooting that really did us in. And that and that's with a good game from Giannis scoring 47 points. That's with Giannis controlling the game, like shooting 78% from the field. You know, that's with a great game from Giannis. And the Lakers could still win that game if they shoot just a little bit better. And they shot 27%. They could have shot 33% and won the game, you know. So I have mixed feelings about this game. I, I'm Obviously, with any loss, I'm pretty bummed and frustrated. But in a way, I would say that some of these situations are fixable. Um, I'm a little disappointed that Anthony Davis had such a lackluster game with only 18 points. Um, He let Giannis get the best of him in this game. He didn't, you know, Anthony Davis, when he was at his best in 2020 with the Lakers, when he led the Lakers with LeBron to a championship, he was the dominant, a dominant player on the court. You know, he was flying around defensively, getting blocks, making stops. He was asserting his dominance down low or, um, you know, forcing defenders to like have to play off him a little bit and then hitting a, a long jump shot. Or, you know, he was, his game was dynamic. He was making plays, hitting shots, playing defense, um, super engaged. And, you know, he's had good, he's played well this season overall for the most part, I would say, but I'm still not getting that same, the same vibe from him this season as I would, as I got in 2020. I don't know if part of that's because they've already won a championship. I don't know if part of that's because he's, um, more tired. I, you know, I don't know what it is exactly, but he definitely did not play the, he did not play like the Anthony Davis that I, that, you know, Anthony Davis is my favorite player in the league right now because of what he can do. I love that he can, uh, hit threes, that he can be a dominant big man, that he can dribble the basketball, that he can take a guy off the dribble. You know, I love the dynamic of his of his game, and and so he's my favorite player in the NBA. But games like Wednesday night are just not the Anthony Davis that I know and love, you know. So bummed about that situation. Um, Russell Westbrook played really well in the first quarter kind of died down after that. I mean, the whole team kind of did die down after the first, the first quarter, which is unfortunate, but, um, you know, I think another thing to, to make note of is if LeBron James is playing in that game, Lakers win, in my opinion, obviously that's all just hearsay. There's no like proof against that other than the fact that the Lakers are playing with an injury riddled team and lost to the Bucks by seven, you know, like I, you have LeBron in that game, plus any of the other guys that are injured, and Lakers win that game. Even if you only have LeBron in that game and don't have the other guys that are still injured, still think the Lakers win that game. So um, that's something that I'm optimistic about with this team is we have to remember they're getting by with a lot of injuries right now, you know? And it's something that 
people were skeptical about with the Lakers from the offseason, right, with this team and the amount of injuries or just the age of the team and the injury possibilities and stuff, and we're getting a taste of that early on, right? So between Kendrick Nunn, LeBron James, Trevor Ariza, um, these are guys that can make a difference. Even Austin Reeves, who hasn't been playing, I think he's been nicked up also, right? Like he, as a rookie, was making a difference early in the season, and we haven't had him the last few games. So it's hard to judge this team right now based on the people that are being thrown out there on the court. Um, I think we're doing the best we can. I know I know there's been – I know after the game on Wednesday, there was some some fans upset with Frank Vogel again and the lineups and the rotations he was using on Wednesday – there was a rotation out there. I forget which quarter it was, if it was the second quarter or the third quarter, but he had like Rondo, DeAndre, jo- uh, DeAndre Jordan. It was like a pretty misfit lineup. I forget exactly who was in there, but it was definitely, even the announcers in the game said like, you know, Frank Vogel must have known he was playing with fire, you know, because like the, the Lakers were like, they had a lead. They were holding off the Bucks for a little bit, and then the Bucks made a run, and he left that lineup in just a little too long, you know. Um. So, I don't know. It's tough with with the Frank Vogel situation because, again, I've said this a few episodes ago, but it's it's tough. He's he's coaching a brand new team. We're only sixteen games into the season. I don't know how long is how much time we should give him to figure things out. But he's also, not only is he coaching a brand new team, but he's coaching a team that has a bunch of injuries, right? He doesn't have the ideal lineup out there, starting lineup, because LeBron James is hurt, Trevor Reese is hurt. I think I love that uh, Vogel has inserted Carmelo Anthony into the starting lineup. Although, since he did that, it seems like Carmelo's kind of gotten a little cold in his shooting, which is unfortunate, so maybe we should bring him back off the bench. I don't know, but... um, just yeah, it tough. You know, it's tough when you're starting lineup. You know, the starters for the game on Wednesday were Taylor Horton Tucker, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley has to start because of the defense he plays, which I'm fine with. I'm pro defense in that sense, so like I'm happy with that. But and it's it's crazy looking at the minutes in the game, right? Like Taylor Horton Tucker played 38 minutes, which I think is like the most of the game. He almost played 39 minutes. Anthony Davis played 37 minutes, Russell Westbrook played 35, Carmelo played 31, and then Avery Bradley, the fifth starter, played 16 minutes. Malik Monk played 23 minutes, but but that's also like Avery Bradley only had five points. He wasn't really shooting, you know. He, um, Malik Monk played the most off the bench, 23 minutes. He had 11 points. Uh, he did make some good contributions, but he also shot one for seven from three, right? So, um. It's just tough when the shots aren't falling. When the shots aren't falling and you lose by seven, I'm there's only I can only be so upset. I I suppose I would. The only thing I'm upset about is that they kept shooting the threes. Like at a certain point, I understand you have they have Giannis in there, they have Bobby Portis, they have some big guys, but like attack the basket, draw fouls. Like let's play the brand of basketball the Lakers played in 2020 when they won the championship was that of a a a bruising like beat you down low kind of team and the lakers think that because they've got carmelo anthony and wayne ellington and other guys that can shoot threes that they're a three-point shooting team now and like it's great that we have those guys on the team and that they can in theory shoot threes better than 
teams of the past for the Lakers, but the focus should still be, in my opinion, attacking the basket. Like you have LeBron. I mean, I know LeBron, LeBron isn't playing, but you have Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Taylor Horton Tucker, Malik Monk for a small guy finishes at the basket really well from what I've seen so far. Um, you have like five guys at least. I mean, and then you have like Dwight Howard is a big man. DeAndre Jordan is a big man when they're in, in the games, right? Obviously like they, they're going to be like attacking the basket or at least down low by the basket. Rondo is a good, is a great finisher around the rim for the most part. Um, you have like seven or eight guys that can finish at the basket extremely well. And then you have um, Carmelo who can shoot from outside. You have Wayne Ellington that can shoot from outside. You have Malik Monk who has shot pretty well for the most part. Um, Anthony Davis can hit from outside. LeBron can hit from outside. Like we have guys that can hit from outside, but we have so many guys that can attack the basket. Like let's attack the basket. Let's draw fouls. Let's be physical. You know, that's what the Lakers need to do in my opinion. And I think had they done that, on Wednesday, I think that they win, win that game. I think that they settled for so many threes, and they just couldn't hit them. And in the end, I think that's what hurt the Lakers. I think they hit – I mean, again, if they make those shots, it's a different story, but they weren't making them, you know? And they shot so many threes and just missed them, and – it's frustrating. It's a it's upsetting that they couldn't hit those shots and that they were just settling for those shots. I it's that's the most frustrating thing about Wednesday's game. But on the optimistic side of things, they were able to compete. And that's what I said in my last episode, right? Is like I just want the Lakers to compete. After they, after they got blown out by the Bulls, I'm like, I just want the Lakers to be able to compete against the teams that they're playing, especially when they play good teams. Um so I, you know, I'm happy they they competed. I'm happy it was a close game. I'm, it's hap- I'm glad that they didn't, didn't get blown out. But at the same time, yeah, that was a very winnable game. So it's frustrating to lose. All right, let's do a quick uh, preview of the Lakers game tonight against the Celtics. Lakers play in Boston, uh, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific time. Um, always fun when the Lakers play the Celtics, obviously one of the, the more storied rivalries in the NBA. So we'll see how this one goes. The Lakers, again, they're eight and eight. They've been kind of struggling a little bit. The game against the Bucks, like I like I talked about in the last segment, both positive and negative. There's things to be optimistic about. There's things to be frustrated about, as with any loss. The big story for the game against the Celtics tonight is whether or not LeBron James will be available to play. Um, LeBron has missed the last like seven or eight games for the Lakers. He, he's been dealing with a lower abdominal strain. An injury that, from what I've heard, is something that he could play through if he wanted to, or if this was like the playoffs or something, he could play through it. But Lakers, uh, LeBron and the Lakers don't want to risk anything too early in the season um but i think yesterday uh the lakers listed lebron as questionable for the game as opposed to being out so that made people think like it's he might potentially play uh looking through twitter uh it looks like the lakers are they're having 
a uh, a shoot around before the game today which is this is only the third time they've done that from what i've heard so uh another thought is that it's possible that with that shoot around they're using it as time for the lakers for lebron to kind of walk through things with the team and, and things like that so and then also looking at the nba uh the nba app the preview for the lakers celtics game tonight they're showing season leaders in points they have lebron on there with 24.8 it could just be that he his average 24.8 is the highest on the team also 24.8 shout out kobe um it's possible that just is the highest average on the team now that anthony davis has had a few uh down games but i know in the past anthony davis had been the season leader in points so i could just be wrong there but they do they are showing lebron on there so makes me think maybe he, he could be playing um but don't know for sure i think it's still jury's still out on that but we'll find out closer to the game on whether or not LeBron can play. If LeBron can play, that'll be huge. Uh, I know Jalen Brown is, um, I think he's also questionable for the game for the Celtics. So that could be a benefit to the Lakers if he doesn't play. But we'll see again as we get closer, closer to the game. So Boston on the season so far, they're seven and eight. They are, they have the same record now as the Bucks, so in theory, with record-wise, they're pretty even to where the Lakers are at, who are eight and eight. Celtics being seven eight, obviously, you can see they've struggled a little bit uh, recently. Their last two games, they lost to the Hawks, one hundred and ten to ninety nine, and the Hawks are seven and nine on the season. So the Hawks aren't necessarily a great team, but Boston got blown out by them. Uh, they game before that uh the celtics beat cleveland 98 to 92 uh cleveland is just for context nine and eight on the season they're one spot better than the celtics in the standings right now in the eastern conference so um that that's more of an even matchup so that win doesn't surprise me quite as much again lakers eight and eight ninth seed in the west currently although they're tied with the uh, Blazers who are also eight and eight and they're in the eighth seed so and again this is one of those things where Lakers are eight, eight and eight in the ninth seed and they're only five and a half games back from Golden State who's 13 and two on the season and <laughs> on the number one seed so a lot can change very easily the seedings and the standings don't necessarily tell a whole lot at this point but it does kind of help compare a little bit to um just looking at different teams and how they're doing and their records and things like that so how do I feel about how the Lakers will do tonight against the Celtics? I'm I'm torn. I think the Lakers should win. Looking at ESPN's matchup predictor, the Celtics are 60.8% favorites tonight against the Lakers. Um, I think the Lakers like should be able to win. If the Lakers were able to... If the Lakers were in a position on Wednesday night where they could have easily beaten the Bucks, but they couldn't get it done, I feel exactly the same about tonight's game, where the Lakers should be able to put, the, put themselves into a position where they should win the game. The question will just be whether or not they can pull it off. So, um, and, and again, my thoughts on the game, a lot of it can change depending on how, um, depending on whether or not LeBron plays, you know, so... Uh, the, the Celtics did play the Bucks last Friday. That game went to overtime. 
The Celtics won that game 122 to 113. So another kind of comparison there makes me feel a little worse about the Lakers' chances. But again, it there's I feel like this early on in the season, again, only six we're not even twenty games into the season. There's not really that much rhyme or reason into these games, so uh, it's hard to tell at this point. There's random injuries, certain people don't play, things happen, whatever. So my based on this matchup predictor on the ESPN app, my guess is they're not taking they're not assuming that LeBron James will play tonight. I think if I think if LeBron was for sure playing, I feel like that matchup predictor would be a little closer to 50-50, probably. Um, but the 60% uh, in favor of Boston, I can understand with how the Lakers have played. They have not really shown that they can 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 get things done against a team like the Celtics, who are kind of similar to the Lakers, kind of average at this point. Nothing, nothing, haven't shown anything super special. So, optimistically, I think the Lakers get it done. I think they can get the win. Pessimistically, I think the Lakers it could be anything. The Lakers have just been really inconsistent so far this season. They've played well, whether they win or lose. They've gotten blown out by teams that they shouldn't get blown out by. They've gotten blown out by teams that are good, you know. So they've we've had a wide array. We just haven't we haven't seen the Lakers blow. We haven't really seen the Lakers blow a team out too much from what I from what I can remember this season. I can look back at the schedule really quick, but um we beat the Spurs by eight. We beat the Heat by three. We beat the Horns by three. We beat the Rockets by two. <laughs> we beat the Rockets by ten. The biggest real blowout, quote unquote, blowout this season was us beating the Cavs one thirteen to one hundred one, a twelve point win, and then a ten point win against the Rockets the next day. So that's. You know, it's tough. It's not the Lakers haven't really shown that we can just like play consistently, like really good consistently for an entire game. We haven't seen that yet. And I, I get basketball. There's it's a game where there are teams go on runs. You know, you have some cold stretches. It's a long game. That's the reason why not one bad like a bad quarter doesn't necessarily have to make up a bad game or like result in a bad game. Um, but that being said, we haven't really seen the Lakers put together a like 40 like full like a full game of just like really good basketball it's been either above average mediocre or really bad so I'm optimistically I think the Lakers definitely can get it done I think they should get a win tonight against the Celtics uh pessimistically I think a lot a lot of it hangs on whether or not LeBron James plays if LeBron plays I feel more confident that the Lakers can win this game if he doesn't play then it it's hard to say I think Anthony it'll, it'll have to be a big Anthony Davis game regardless of what, whether or not LeBron plays tonight um the the bigs for the Celtics are they're you know like they're NBA players they're good players but it's not like that we're going up against someone like Giannis or or uh Jokic or uh Embiid right or they're not going against like some like a big man that is well like a well-known big man in the league uh superstar I think um the Lakers definitely should uh 
Anthony Davis should be able to to enforce his his will down low. And if if the Lakers can can win the battle down low and the points in the paint and the rebounds and all that stuff, they should be able to win the game. And again, Lakers MO should be attack the basket. Attack the basket. Settle for threes if you absolutely have to, but let's not shoot 43 threes again. You know? Let's uh let's attack the basket. Let's try and draw some fouls and and win the game in a physical manner. All right, and then our last segment for this episode, I'm going to try and install doing like a mailbag question type segment if I have any, you know, questions come through or any comments or things like that. People just interacting with the podcast definitely want to try and um, engage more with listeners and the audience and people out there and whatnot. So um, first question we got from my buddy Tyler, actually, he asks, do you trade or stay with your roster? I think my answer to that question is I, at this point, I don't see the Lakers. I don't see this Lakers roster being the same roster the Lakers, that the Lakers go into the, into the playoffs with. I don't think the Lakers, based on how things have gone so far, I don't think we can we can expect that this team... I've seen some comparisons to this Lakers team and uh, LeBron's Cavaliers team from 2018, where they brought in like Derrick Rose and, and all these... and Dwayne Wade and all these guys. That team didn't stay the same, you know. And that was not a very good team through January or February. They had to make a lot of, they had to make some changes there. I feel somewhat similar to this team. I like most of the guys on this team so far and again, we haven't had the privilege of seeing Trevor Reza play. We haven't had the privilege of seeing Kendrick Nunn play. Um we've barely even had the privilege of seeing LeBron play, you know. So it's it's hard to judge this team like I've mentioned before just based on the injuries we've seen. Um but yeah, I think we do trade. I I don't know what that looks like. We definitely, at, at the very least, um, should be on the buyout market later in the season, trying to pick up some guys, um, depending on who's available. I think that this team, I would be very surprised if this was the team that the Lakers go into the playoffs with. All right. Um, next question we got came in. From trying to pull it up from Corey, my buddy Corey, and this is a funny, funny question. But he's like, now, now knowing the stadium will be called Crypto.com, do you think that will motivate the team or lead to some diminishing returns? Um, I, I definitely think we've been seeing some diminishing returns so far already this season. So let's hope that it motivates the team and that we. Uh, can can get some wins and get get some good returns from this team because so far I've been it's felt like it's been pretty much all diminishing but I, I appreciate the question that's a funny question um, and then the last we got another comment from my buddy Tyler who says trade Westbrook to the Kings uh, honestly at this point I'm not really married to the idea of keeping Russell Westbrook on this team and I've never I, I feel bad for any Russell Westbrook fans that listen to my podcast because I've been pretty critical of him this season. But if we're going to consider him a superstar and part of the Lakers big three, then I can be critical against him when he's not performing. Um, and he's played better the last few games, but I have been very open 
and honest about the fact that I was pro trying to trade for Buddy Heald as opposed to Russell Westbrook um, in the offseason. So I'm not afraid to admit that I am not the biggest fan of Russell Westbrook, that I kind of wish the Lakers would have gone a different route. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the mismatch yesterday, and they were talking about how the Wizards have been playing. The Wizards have been playing really well. And the Lakers traded uh, Montres Harrell, Kyle Kuzma over there for Russell Westbrook. And they're pointing about pointing out about the fact that the Wizards are winning that trade so far. Kyle Kuzma's playing well. He's shooting really well. Montres Harrell is playing like the Montres Harrell of the Clippers, who won Sixth Man of the Year. Um, for whatever reason, he just wasn't that same guy with the Lakers last season. Um, so far, the Wizards have gotten a little bit of a better return out of this trade than the Lakers have with Russell Westbrook. And that's not necessarily anything against Russell Westbrook. That's just how he plays. Like, he just is an inconsistent player. He has a lot of turnovers. He'll get a triple-double, but he'll have eight turnovers. You know, and is that worth it to the team? Hard to say. So far with LeBron James being on the bench and, and being hurt, I don't believe that Russell Westbrook brings enough to the table to be missing a guy like LeBron for the Lakers to be successful. Um, but at the same time, he's, you know, he does bring some things to the table, like he can score, he can attack the basket, he can do these things. But for the most part, um, I would I would be open to trading Russell West, Russell Westbrook to the Kings if we can get someone like Buddy Hield back in return. All right, thanks guys, thank you so much for listening. Go Lakers! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Go Lakers!